Hey friends, good morning, good day to you. Welcome to Friday, August the 5th. You made it through another week. Hey, please pray tonight uh, for our VBS. We had a wonderful group of kids here Wednesday night and Thursday night with a fantastic team of kids workers. And then pray for this weekend. We want to see families come to Christ. Uh, we want to hear the gospel and preach the gospel clearly. Um, we want to invite everybody, including you, to the church picnic after the services. We'll have hamburgers and a big cookout for everybody. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So join us on Sunday, either online. We'll continue the Gospel of John or, uh, or uh, on site and come to the picnic if you can. Hey, Psalm 55, join me there for just a moment this morning. I'll be brief and send you into your day. We uh, have tracked along with David's heart as he's processing the betrayal of, uh, of Absalom and the betrayal of his friend Ahithophel. And in verse 16, he's called upon the Lord. In verse uh, 18, he is experiencing deliverance of soul, peace, uh, from the battle, and trusting God. He is waiting on God, verse 19, to afflict them, uh, a God who never changes, even he that abideth of old. Now look at the uh, end of verse 19, because this is sort of where we left off. Because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. What is that a reference to? What does it mean? Well, David's talking about his enemies. He's talking about those that are in rebellion, living in rebellion. And he's basically saying because God doesn't change, they don't fear him. <laughs> because God is still faithful and patient and long-suffering, they think they're getting away with their evil. They think he doesn't care. Uh, they think he's not going to intervene. So really, it's a presumption upon God's faithfulness. But what does it do for us? Okay, And here to me is the takeaway. If God is appears to be inactive or passive in the face of evil, he's not. He's simply faithful to his plan and his purposes. And he is a long-suffering and patient and merciful God. So if he's extending an opportunity for someone to repent, if he hasn't brought about a change in circumstances that flattens somebody, doesn't mean he can't. It doesn't mean he doesn't care. It means he is patient. And it means he has a reason for doing so, okay? So we can take hope in this. When we look at the condition of our world and the condition of humanity against God, and we think, why doesn't God do something? Well, it's because he's loving and long-suffering. But the thing is, he could do something. And those that are living in rebellion to God, including when, when we live in rebellion to God as believers, those that are living in rebellion to God are presuming upon his faithfulness. We're presuming he won't intervene, bring about a change that would bring about repentance uh, and a return to him. So because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. Do you get it? hope so. And then he, verse 20, sounds like he's talking about God, but he's not. He's, he's reverting the direction back again to his enemies. The pronouns are referring to Ahithophel. Uh, he hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. So he's extended an oppositional hand towards someone that was his friend. He's broken his covenant. So he'd made some commitments and promises to David that he broke. And I want you to think of this experientially because every time you extend your heart to someone, every time you extend love, every time you enter into, say, a church family or a work environment, you are making yourself vulnerable, okay? You cannot love without being vulnerable to hurt. Every time you love, you're trusting. You're entrusting a part of yourself. You're giving a part of yourself. Now, why is it safe? Because all of our receiving comes from our, our Father. 
we have a fullness of joy and a fullness, abundant life from Jesus and in Jesus. Therefore, when I'm giving love, it can be unconditional. I can give love even if I don't receive it back from the person I gave it to. Now, if you give love or you give or extend trust or peace or grace and it's reviled or betrayed and then you become bitter about that, let me tell you what that's saying. It's saying I had an interest in receiving something in return, okay? Not that, not that it's wrong to. I'm simply saying a part of you was dependent upon that return um, receiving. And when you didn't receive it, you got bitter or angry or offended and felt you were owed a response, okay? Which means the love was conditional upon a response. And when you didn't get that response, the offense rose. What is the source of the offense? Conditional love and expectation, okay? This is why the Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Because the the more you receive from the word of God and the heart of Christ, the more full you are, and the more free you are to give love, whether it's reciprocated or not, to give grace, to extend forgiveness, whether it's reciprocated or not. Why? Because you have another supply, okay? So you're free to love freely um, because God loves you unconditionally. Now, how does that apply to this? Because David is experiencing an individual that he thought loved him. David extended trust, influence, responsibility, um, friendship, social and heart. uh, He extended himself. And what did he experience? His words His mouth, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter, verse 21, but war was in his heart. He was totally conned. Ahithophel completely played the hypocrite and lied to David. The the relationship for Ahithophel was not what the relationship was to David. So uh, I had a friend say to me one time, Carrie, you're grieving the loss of a relationship. You're grieving the loss of what you thought the relationship was, not what it actually was. That was profound counsel. It really helped me because when you extend yourself in sincerity and the other person isn't, first of all, they presume they presume that you're playing the same game. Okay, They project that onto you. Um, just as in sincerity, you're loving and you assume the other person is too. You're, grant, you're, you're granting the, ben- the benefit. Love believes all things. You grant the benefit of believing they're sincere. Well, they believe you are insincere because they are insincere. They're projecting their own motives onto you. Uh, so th- sometimes you're in a relationship with somebody, uh, and I'm not necessarily talking about a dating relationship as much as just, just other interactions. could be dating relationship, but if you're single. <laughs> um, and... You, you are sincere, you're extending a sincere kind of love, but the, the other person's got a subtext, got, a, got another kind of game going on, a, pol- a political uh, uh, maneuvering, manipulating kind of thing going on. There's a subtext happening. And that's what was between David and Ahithophel. With David, he's sincere. With Ahithophel, he's gaming, he's politicking. Um, his words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. I believed what he said. But he turned, turned his back, went into the back room conversations. He's stabbing me in the back. Uh, it was a total betrayal, okay? 
Now, what do you do with this? And this is what I want to end with today. When, when you experience this, uh, you do want, you want to do, you have three options, okay? Number one, you can, you can uh, fight back. So vengeance. You um, engage and you fight for justice and you, um, you, pour, you, you, you rage in anger, okay, at the person. Number two uh, is you, you just stuff it within and you pull back relationally, not only from that person, but from extending yourself. The hurt, the social and relational hurt, gives you reason to uh, harden your exterior and kind of go within yourself and decide, I'm not going to need people and I'm certainly not going to love people. I'm certainly not going to extend myself. Now, my friend, both of these responses are wrong, okay? Uh, vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. That's, God says, don't, don't act out and seek justice for yourself. Uh, that's my situation to resolve. And don't withdraw. I mean, Jesus commands us to love and to serve and to forbear. He commands us to, to live a life that is extending ourselves to each other. And so um, the, 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 the withdrawal, self-protectionistic, I'm not going to make myself vulnerable anymore. I'm not going to need anybody. That's, number one, a lonely life. It's a disobedient life. It's a cold life. Uh, you need good relationships, friendships, loving relationships with other people, other believers especially. So acting out in rage is not an option. Withdrawing in self-protection and reclusive, you know, reclusing, reclusivity is not an option. So what is the option? Okay, now we're just going to touch on this. But um, the third option and the biblical way of responding to these things is a bit unveiled in verse 22. And I want to save time for it on Monday. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer, suffer the righteous to be moved. So in Christ you are unmovable. You can cast your burden on him. What burden do you think David had in mind? Specifically the one he just wrote about. This betrayal from his dear friend. So the, the third option is keep extending yourself, keep loving, keep serving, keep growing, keep giving, keep being vulnerable in love. And when you experience that betrayal or hurt, Put the burden on the Lord. Let him heal it with his grace and comfort and the love you receive from him. And he will sustain you and you can continue to love. My friend, I'll just say this. If, if, um, if betrayal and hurt and relational loss is a reason to recluse and go, go into a... Uh, reclusive life, um, I would have gotten out of the ministry a very long time ago. Uh, the answer to your own soul is stay soft. Don't get hard. Uh, don't, don't stop loving. Um, keep making yourself vulnerable. But when you are hurt, cast your burden on the Lord because he will sustain you. And he understands very well. He understands that burden. So we wrap up another week. Thanks for joining me. Have a great Friday and a great weekend. Pray for us. 
pray for Sunday. And if I don't see you Sunday, we'll see you on Monday.